Welcome, lovers of music and life. Sound and Light is brought to you by the Vast Institute and Jim Cohen Sherpa. Our hosts, Jim Cohen and Michelle Sherman, both career leaders in design and human development areas, have created this series to inform, entertain, and educate you about the powerful influence of music in designing and leading happy, healthy lives. They sincerely believe that there is magic in the music. Today, they provide inspiration and strategy to leaders of all stripes in their efforts to develop their business and brain trust by cultivating the invention of new ideas, concepts, and approaches in an enlightened and intentional manner. Our series highlights their journey and insights about the sustaining power of music and how it's tied to their personal lives, lives focused on creativity, imagination, and supporting the personal fulfillment of others. Welcome to Sound and Light. I'm Michelle Sherman. And I'm Jim Cohen. Today, we're doing a fast forward to the present. We talked about The Who, The Beatles, Hendrix, The Stones, Woodstock, formidable concerts in our lives and the impact made on us in the past. And now we're gonna talk about today. So with that in mind, I thought we'd turn it over to Michelle a little bit and have her give us some insights about music and the magic of music in her life. Hello, Jim. Music has made such a difference in our worlds in different ways at different times for different reasons. It's a beautiful thing. I have to say that thinking about working on this with you today, sharing with our audience about present time music for me took a lot of reflection. I'm not someone who downloads all the newest and latest. It comes to me through other sources. I'm still studying some of the classics. I am amazed at how much music has already been created that I've never heard before. So believe it or not, I'll spend a day with Liszt on my device. I'll spend a day with Schubert. I'll spend a day with Rachmaninoff just because I am amazed by that sort of music these days. I love symphonic music as well from past experiences. So I was thinking about how that's soothing, that's wonderful, and also how comforting it is to know that there were people listening to those songs in the middle of the summer with their little fans trying to keep themselves cool while Schubert and Liszt were the rock stars of the day. Right, Jim? Yeah, it's, it's amazing to think about what was going on with those people in those audiences, you know, as we, as we consider the, the audiences that surround us today and, and how enraptured the fans are of pop music. That was pop music then? Oh, and it was edgy as all get-go. It was a beautiful thing for people to have that experience. And so there was magic in it back then. We talked last episode about the magic of music itself, that human beings have, in my opinion, music is one of their greatest accomplishments amongst others, you know, getting to Mars. Really, music is something that we've created. We've imagined and created the instruments. We imagined and we created the 
music. We came up with the mathematical understanding so that if I give you a sheet of music, you can play the same stuff they were playing hundreds of years ago. It's amazing accomplishment. So I love music for that reason. I was reflecting on that. And I'm listening as a result to certain themes of music these days, Jim. I'm listening to the Brooklyn Funk Essentials because Ooh, yeah. it just seems to be such a nice, fun, loving, it's an exciting, happy uh, brand of, of musical expression. And, um, and of course, all the, all the beautiful um, work that, that jazz brings to, to the table. I think they started in 1993 and they still go on tour and they have six albums and most people have never heard of them and they're amazing. Brooklyn Funk Essentials. Uh, and and then, you know, enjoying that, knowing their surrounding the world. I'm also really looking at the lives of the people I've been listening to for years. Like I've been watching documentaries on Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, uh, Dylan, um, the Eagles, um, who... As I mentioned, they were. I saw them last March at uh, in Dallas <laughs> for an in-person concert. <laughs> Joe Walsh was great. They were all amazing. Uh, Don Henley, I love him. Uh, but the point is, I see music from a different stance than just playing it. I do play a little flute and I do play a, a humble amount of saxophone and I sing a little bit. Not at the level you do, but it seems as if music has really as I'm thinking about where I'm at with it right now, it's a very beautiful force of calm and relaxation. And I'll talk a little bit about this later on. Uh, when I was doing research for my book, Kindling the Flame, I really understood the magic of music. So, you know, right now, and what I'm hearing and what I'm listening to is Lionel Richie for like the afternoon, he every song he ever wrote <laughs> because he's so happy and beautiful. He loves people. Love will conquer all. And then old jazz, and of course all the all my favorites, you know, rock and roll, the Who, and the things I grew up on. Because music, it just sears into your adolescent brain, and then the rest of your life, you're you you're just enjoying it. And you, you. So how did you come to today's episode? An interesting place to be to kind of look at what I'm listening to today which is the music, right? So there's a lot of music that I, goes through my life because I'm constantly looking for not necessarily what's new, but what's intriguing to me, you know, probably formed by those patterns that you just mentioned in my adolescence. There's certain sort of sounds and feelings and emotions attached to that that are built in, locked into my memory that you, that you want to replicate. You want to find those threads again. And I think there's a lot of that. But one of the things that I thought about relevant to today's taping, as well as my life, is the power of music and community, which we sometimes forget. And certainly this past year, we've almost forgotten because we're not in audiences anymore. At least we're not in audiences with other folks. So we talked a long time ago about my living in New Orleans. And as a result of that, I got introduced to the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, probably in the early 80s and went constantly and still go every year. So when I was thinking about today, I was thinking about the power of that event uh, because it is um, transcendental in terms of 
the, the quality of the music and the kinds of people that are that are showing up there. And um, it is music of New Orleans. It's music that was influenced by New Orleans, and it's music that influenced New Orleans music. So it's jazz and rock and roll and stuff. Aside from all of that and the great artists, the vibe is amazing. So it's all kinds of folks gathered together in reverence to the music, but also to each other. And the magic of being together in a crowd, listening to something profound and powerful from traditional Dixieland to rock and roll to gospel music is a powerful thing. I miss it. So I think that coming forward uh, as a healing power for our planet is really important. We need concerts again, and we need people kind of jumping around in front of each other. So part of it's the music and part of it's the gathering of people in music today that I think is important in my life. If I look back against my playlist, which I constantly do, I'm pulling things from all kinds of genres. I mean, you're talking about jazz a while ago, and I, I've, I've watched jazz progress in a profoundly cool way because there's this kind of traditional jazz and bebop era jazz and, and big band jazz that sort of melded with hip hop and vocal stuff. I was thinking about a guy named Kamasai Washington, who's been acclaimed quite a bit, sax player from LA, who makes amazing records with vocals on them. And they almost sound like soundtracks to movies that we've never seen. So he's a cool dude. Wow. Soundtracks to movies we've never seen. Jim, that has to be your autobiography. Or a t-shirt. <laughs> or something. I love it. Thank you. We'll start writing that. And then, you know, in a cool way, there's this resurgence of what we would call Americana. The folk music derivative. If you stretch it out, Tom Petty was one of those people. There's a band from LA that I love called Dawes that lives in that genre a bit, although they would probably chafe at being recognized that way because they're, they're great songwriters and great singers. They're like the sons of the Eagles or somewhere in there. The godsons of the Eagles. Yeah, they're tremendous singers. John Baptiste's new record, mm -hmm. brilliant and a statement about life and love. A lot of love in that one. Out of a New Orleans family, not unlike the Neville family, or the Marsalis family that it was born in music are all part of that New Orleans musical dynasty that keeps growing. And he's a beautiful exponent of that. And to Neil Young re-releasing stuff from 1970, you know, pretty amazing what's going on in music today. Excuse me, Jim, I just want to point out Branford Marsalis, Winton Marsalis, I just can sit and listen to their work and to see them esteemed and bring jazz to such a, I, I, the crossover of classical and jazz and the, what they've provided to the jazz community and to the classical community. I really salute both bros. Right. <laughs> So uh, let me just ask you something. Here you are, you're uh, giving us the long view on jazz. I want to ask you about popular music. You're talking about a healing community, getting together, being with, you know, your friends, the, the folks you want to you wanna be a mosh pit with. Hmm. What do you think about with popular music? Is that 
an opportunity for us to possibly be more encouraging. And I, I this is something that I am curious, and I'm not talking about any particular set of lyrics, but I am also realizing that the messaging that people are hearing is important. How do you feel that can contribute to our community sense? And I know it always has, but what are your thoughts on that in current time? Admittedly, I'm not a pop music person. Like I don't listen to that sort of long running list of divas. And, tens. Mm-hmm. and to me, and they're actually just want to say they're hardworking, magnificent musicians who happen to be in the top point zero 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 one percent. So we love them. <laughs> yeah, it's not my taste, really, but they make a they make a huge statement in the world. And you know, whatever Beyonce says becomes immediate fodder for somebody, uh, which is not to deny the fact that she has immense talent. Oh, Halo! It's just not what I listen to. So. I think that they, everybody that stands in front of an audience has an obligation to understand what they're doing at that moment, right? You are influencing people and you can choose what to do with the information. And I think as artists mature, they take on a, a more holistic understanding of, of what happens with their words and their lyrics, which is not to say that anybody should ever be censored. I'm just interested in your thoughts on the impact that music has on healing uh, the words and the messaging, because that's something that I'm very interested in. And that's something I've studied and dedicated to understanding. You are seeing current music as, tell, give us your, your hit on what current music is about in your estimation. I think it's a lot of, of forms that have mel- are melding together and artists that are unafraid to experiment in various forms. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of artists that have moved like somebody like Beck, for instance, um, who kind of started out as a sort of new folk artist. I could be wrong about that. And then drifts off into rock and roll or sort of campy music and then electronica and then back to folk music and almost Neil Young-like albums and then sort of funk records. You know, like, let's just go across the boards and do it because out of me is pouring all of this stuff. I think he's an immense talent and a great producer and broke a lot of forms down and mixed in samples and stuff that was very unexpected. And so it's not unlike going to an art museum and seeing some beautiful painting that you could never have thought about, like never imagined, a collision of forms. This is profoundly interesting and invigorating. It also is immensely brave. And we talked a little bit an episode back or so about courage and courage and artistry and courage and creativity. And this I would say is bravery and creativity. Seeing that as a model, especially for young people, allows others to get on the bandwagon and be brave too. And we could use a strong dose of bravery, not to mention the truth and bravery. <laughs> Talking to me about that, I love that. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Truth and bravery. Well, you know, the truth is subjective uh, most of the time, but there are certain truths. And usually those are the ones we can't explain, right? Like gravity, like being kind usually has yields better results. Like imagination takes intention. I love it. Breaking the form in music shows the bravery. 
shows the courage, shows the artistry. And we've come through an era where the arts were unfunded, pushed down and made. Appeared irrelevant to the education of our fine children. Right. And, and that's a shame. Mm-hmm. So seeing it come back will be empowering to all. And at this time, at this moment, we're seeing that new sort of spring of vitality, creativity, empowerment, and health. Uh, and, and more of that would be great for America. The other cool thing that just happened, back to our little Jazz Fest conversation, Jazz Fest, of course, was canceled last year. We all knew why, and it was, it was the right thing to do. But symbolic of New Orleans and what it stands for and what it's been through over a very long period of time, holding Jazz Fest this year, I think, would be a good tonic if we're all safe and can go. Yes. Wouldn't that be lovely? And being healthy and safe. I love the fact that our conversations move to vitality and well-being and community and healing. One of the things that I really appreciate about the music and uh, the fact that all of those brave musicians have been creating it, generously sharing it. You know, you realize there are people who play and they will play no matter what. Give them an instrument, it's it's going and it's beautiful. But the thing about the vitality, I just want to share that we talk about the magic and to infuse those experiences, those community experiences with the understanding that music is also a way for us to expand our vitality. Um, I had shared with you that I, in doing my research for Kindling the Flame, I was very excited to see that people had all this opportunity to take a look at music as a way of reducing their stress, tapping into their joy, changing their ability to perceive time, making them stronger. It boosts your immune system. And for those who want more detail, Kindling the Flame at, at the Vast website would be appreciated. But the thing is, there are so many things that we can do with the music that we love. The studies show that it's not a particular kind of music. We always thought it was Mozart. But if you really love the music, it will be very comforting and soothe you and heal you, even if it's a little rough around the edges. You right. know, I listen to songbirds. I've always listened to songbirds. And they really kind of retune your, your mind, listening to love songs. It's just, there's a way for us to enjoy the music that we love and see it as that greater gift, which is the opportunity to modulate our emotional tenor. I talk about when we do that and we reduce our cortisol levels, Jim, we do what I call cognitive, we replenish our minds. It's cognitive replenishment, which then stimulates our positive imagination, which is our divergent problem solving, and also our practical optimism. That's the short version. Music has the potential to increase your optimism, your positivity, and really uplift your mood in ways that, if you're intentional about it, are just amazing. And I just think that's also another magical aspect of it. There's the mathematics, there's the instruments, there's the playing together as a symphony, there's the emotional connection, and then there's the brain chemistry, the science of it. I think music is quite amazing, Jim. I love what you're saying. And my version of that story is sort of the sweaty, jumping around version. 
It does all of those things. It also gives you license in some cool way to just get out there. You know, like jump around and sweat, like get going around the music. And great audiences, of course, do that. I saw the other day, I have a favorite band, Crowded House from New Zealand. And they're just wonderful singer-songwriter people. And because they're from New Zealand, they went back to New Zealand after doing a new record in LA and are touring because New Zealand's safe. And so they're playing for big audiences, audiences that haven't seen a live band in a year. And needless to say, everybody is singing. Crowded House actually gets you to sing almost every song with them, but the power of it, right? We've been starved from this. And now it's going to come rushing back. It'll be interesting to see what the forms are and how we can safely transition this year and jump around again, get our hearts going, break free of all of the stuff we've been through. Imagine the future. You were talking about optimism a minute ago. I think this is the optimism tonic. It's the stimulus for looking out there again and saying, we can be brave. We can do this. We can do new stuff. Musicians do it all the time. Let's do it. Or we can be brave, we can be out there because we definitely want to see one of our favorite musicians very soon again. I remember seeing The Who in a 2,000 or 5,000 person venue in Vegas. I remember seeing Santana in a small Vegas venue. I mean, who wouldn't love that? <laughs> right now, this afternoon, uh, and the energy, see, that's the whole thing, Jim, the mirror neurons in our brain, there are little pieces of our brain that mirror each other. And to have that kind of collective joy, it would be good tonic for ourselves. It would be good tonic for our community and good tonic for the planet. Right. I, I appreciate that deeply. So, yes. This is the power of it in these days, in this time. What uh, I would like to say just about the magical qualities, and then we can bring today to a close, because I think there's a lot more to be said, and you and I should go and ponder what more sound and light needs to be expressed. Absolutely. But uh, what I'd like to say about the magical portion of music, I sent this to you, Jim, this morning. I said, we want our audience to better understand that the magic is not only in the music, the music itself is magic incarnate. So the point is, when things are simple and they're in front of us, we don't always uh, see the power in them. I would like for everyone to really join Jim and I in enjoying and embracing this gift of music in all of its forms. They say if use it or lose it, if you learn music as a child, your brain becomes designed for music and you have better uh, retention later on. Oldest instrument is 40,000 year old vulture bone flute. The ear has 3,500 inner hair cells. And sing-along in the Sasetho language, the verb for singing and dancing are the same. See, Jim, you're not the only one who thinks we should get up and sing and dance. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Get moving. <laughs> so I really appreciate having the opportunity to explore your life and music. I think that the future is going to be extremely beautiful for people who are willing to imagine it. As we said in our first episode, 
it got me through to imagine beautiful things. And I thank it for that. But now we need to rely and go to each other and really encourage uh, the bravery you speak of, the goodness, and the creation of something that is bold, bodacious, and absolutely breathtaking. Right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Michelle. So this has been a super cool time to talk about these issues. And, and we've gone from the streets of Manhattan and Brooklyn in our youth all the way to today, admittedly bopping around in, in the spectrum of time. We'll probably come back and revisit some of this stuff. And, and you'll say, what happened in 1968, Jim? We never talked about that. Well, we may come back and talk about that. Do you remember 1968? It's like there are things happened that we won't go into. <laughs> we're family friendly, but we're honest. Yes. So we've had a wonderful time talking about these things and hope that you out there have had a good time listening and that it's made a bit of difference in your lives. I would just say in closing, one, we're very grateful that you joined us for this journey. Staying brave and staying in motion and keeping your ears open, looking for the sounds that you've yet to hear. Perhaps you've never journeyed into jazz. This would be a cool time to do it and enjoy your life and enjoy your life with music next to you, you'll find the magic. Thank you for spending time with us on Sound and Light. We hope this episode has entertained and inspired your creative side. For more information about Michelle and Jim, their backgrounds, stories, and the music that fills their lives, visit Michelle at vastinstitute.com and Jim at jimcohensherpa.com. Until next time, enjoy the music in your lives, be well, stay safe, and feel free to reach out to us. <laughs>